This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. You're listening to Chatterbox with Brett and Andrew on Joy 94.9. Hey, well, good evening, Australia. And my love. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, my love. How are you? Oh, look, I'm all right for a Tuesday night. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Look, I'm, um, I can't wait for this evening's show. Well, it's a little bit different, can I say? It's a little bit different. In a good way, because you were over in Perth visiting family and friends a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. And I got to do Chatterbox live on location, my is, love. Is there nothing we can't do? It's nothing. Well, live reads. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I got to interview, tonight's very special guest star is my best friend from high school, Noel. Yes. Who now lives in the UK. He does but, indeed. But um, when I was in Perth, we got out the dictaphone and um, we did a little bit of a interview Poolside, my love. Dictaphone always makes me laugh. It's like penal colony. It sounds like a lot more fun than it does. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. But um, we took we take a, a real trip down memory lane. I also catch up with Nolan and his story for Chatterbox as well. And he chooses how many songs tonight? Four, Four songs. Yep. I did get to choose the first song though. Now, what is it? So, Noel and I were a little bit in love with the B-52s in the 80s, and definitely the 90s as well. In fact, um, about five years ago, I actually got to see them at the forum, and... They blew me away. They were absolutely amazing. I remember. I couldn't have stayed home more that night. <laughs> Everyone's a critic. <laughs> but it was a fantastic night. And, and the one person that I would have loved to have been there was Noel. Was Noli New. So it was Noli New. And so I'm dedicating this track to him tonight. It's one that we loved when we were in high school. It's by the B-52s and it's Rome. You're listening to Shadowbox with Brett and Andrew on Joy 94.9. Nine. 
Well, I can't believe this. We're, it's Chatterbox on location. We're currently at the fabulous, newly reopened Ballpark Aquatic Centre in City Beach, um, which is absolutely gorgeous on this day that's supposed to be 40 degrees. And um, welcome, Noel, to Chatterbox. Hello. <laughs> now, Why is that funny? I was explaining to someone the other day about how long you and I have actually known each other. And I realise now this will actually be 30 years this year. Yes. <laughs> How frightening. I know. And I was talking to Mum because she heard your uh, podcast last week and I was trying to remember when we first met. And I think you got me into trouble. <laughs> I think we were talking really? at the introductory meeting yes. at uh, Warwick Senior High School and uh, you started talking to me and I talked back and then Mr Long told me what you talking. <laughs> Was Mr. Long quite a short fellow? Yeah, he was it, was, nice guy. He, it was like an ironic. <laughs> yeah, an ironic title. <laughs> and that was the first day at school. Um, I was really excited to go to high school. I, for me, I always had, you know, I think seven years at one school, it's like a jail sentence if you don't like people or you're not liked yourself. So for me, high school was all sort of starting afresh. You were always incredibly smart and gifted. I think you beat everyone for in every category when we graduated. I was a nerd. <laughs> nerd pride. <laughs> so tell me why... I, I know why I'm in Perth. So why just... Why did you just come out? Because you live in London now. Yes. So why just the week to pop over? Uh, well, actually, for, it's, it's ten days, which is quite long for me. Uh, but no, it's, I've come to remind my parents what I look like. Um, and also, no, I do, I do miss people. I don't miss places so much, but I do miss people. So yeah. a trip home is long overdue. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, you've heard the show a couple of times, um, and I'm sorry that we couldn't get you into the studio in Melbourne. Um, was it difficult, we asked this question of everyone, was it difficult to choose just more songs? Uh, well, it, was, it wasn't difficult because uh, you've been doing the show for a while. Yeah. So I think when you first hear the show, I think you naturally think about what your four songs be. So yeah. I've, I've had a few years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I haven't found it challenging. And also, I'm very organised, so, <laughs> so, so I've been thinking about it very gradually. Do you know the funny thing is, though, you and I have actually have already done pre-work for recording this. I'm not sure if you remember, many years ago, um, you and I both had uh, the wonderful cassette radios. No. And we would occasionally record our own radio shows, um, which... That's why our skin is so beautiful. So why, 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 why the sun was shining in Perth, we were inside, mixing up tapes in your bedroom. It's quite sad. Catching it? up on crap UK TV yeah. and not getting burnt to a crisp, so now we can go out in the sun and get a bit yeah. of a tan. Yeah, meanwhile your mother's thinking, are those boys smoking in his room? No, we're reco- no, recording our own radio show. <laughs> so, no. I have obviously, because I've known you for almost 30 years, or close to, I have obviously a lot of shared memories with you, especially in high school days, but I'm going to ask you about them anyway, because um, I have a lot of really fun memories um, of really mucking about, (laughs) especially with theatre, and sort of, you and I weren't sporty, were we? No, 
this, this is the great irony of today's of location <laughs> that I, I got into support at a very <laughs> late age, but I hated it at school. I hated it. Um, I remember my mother forcing me. My parents forcing me to do sports class, and you always got a note. I used to pester my mother before she went to work. Hi, Bonnie. And, um, and she got so bored writing these notes that she gave up on excuses. So they started off with, like, Noel can't do PE today because he's got a headache. Noel can't do PE today because you know, he's got a gangrenous toe. And eventually they just said, Noel can't do PE today. Cause she actually ran out of excuses. <laughs> You know, I, you know, you and I were talking about it before and saying that it was so oppressive. I think it's a real shame because actually I love swimming now and um, and in some ways I'm quite pleased because I decided about three or four years ago to learn to swim properly and, and the way that it's taught about technique, not just getting 13 and 14 year olds to jump in a pool and not be taught any technique and, just, and then be humiliated if you're slow. I personally don't think that's the way to do it? Yeah, there, there seemed to be a lot of um, pack mentality. It was quite bullying. Right? It was quite bullying. Yeah. And I, I look back now and go, well, no wonder. I, I remember there was a, uh, yeah, we were forced to do, um, like, kick the ball sports, right? All those two ball soccer, which is your favourite. That's it. Yeah. And you and I, I still remember this to this <laughs> I day, I think we were 15 or 16, and we were on opposite teams, and we were the only two who were talking the entire match. We had lots, and the, we had lots to talk about. We had a lot to talk about, preparing for those radio shows. And um, the ball came past me, and someone on my team said, why don't you kick it, Scriver? And I replied, said, because I don't want to break a nail. I still remember the recall. People just sort of went, what did he say? Yeah, no, I think I floored the team. And then you and I just laughed and just ignored them. Yeah. There's a great shot talking about swimming carnivals. No, I know this one. And this is in our high school yearbook. And I think Warwick either came second or first. Um, we did particularly well at Beatty Park that year. And um, Not due to us. There is, there is a whole photo. It's a centre spread of the swimming carnival. Noel and I are in the centre of the picture and everyone's jumping out of their seats in the bleachers like going, go sports team. You and I have turned to one another with our hands and we're talking like two little old Italian nunas outside the village fate. And it's hysterical. And that sort of summed up for me. You and I seem to be in our own little bubble yeah, at like, school. I like the bubble, actually. Yeah. And the bubble yeah. got us through, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Joy, 94.9. It's Chatterbox on location. So, um, talking about those early lives, I know that you and I met in high school, but you weren't originally born in Perth. No. Were you? No, not. I'm, I was born in Kalgoorlie. Although, weirdly, I never lived there. Now, your dad, because your dad worked for the railways, yeah. and um, you guys were always... I remember Meriden yes. lived yeah. in for a period of time. Yeah. Do you remember many days? Uh, no, I, days I remember Meriden very well, because um, my dad's one of these, you know, baby boomers that sort of has lived in the, worked in the same job for six years. So he yeah, was yeah. in the railways uh, from the time he was about 15, I think, until he retired wow. about a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So um, early life was revolved around his jobs yeah, and yeah. Uh, Meriden was the first one that I remember but yeah. no, I had a great time I remember um, I, I, mean, I don't even know what age you are when you start to remember things clearly yeah. but I have sort of lots of sort of patchwork memories of things like when it when it uh, really rained you get uh, like sort of flooding we went to you know to, to wave rock you know oh wow yeah silly things like that yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and I remember like dad made his 
Wave it up for people who, who don't know Western oh, yeah. Australia. It's, Wave a rock, it's a rock shaped like a wave. <laughs> we're very, we're don't very go there because that's all it is. <laughs> But it's not near the beach at all. It's inland. No, no. I yeah. suppose that's the novelty. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And when did you guys move to Perth? Uh, now you know I have a really bad memory. I think we moved. I, I was. I moved when I was in year three. What about it? Is that eight, seven? Yeah, I think it's about seven or eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Which felt very exciting. The big city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the first track that you've chosen. Okay. How is it right to your early life, now? No, I've, I, I'm, I'm a bit simple here. I've just chosen the first uh, track that I remember the melody. So it's yeah, actually yeah. Uh, a Bacharach uh, song from the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids soundtrack. Wow. Called That Old Fun City. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and this is the days, this is what I've got, this is three or four decades before YouTube. And yeah, I yeah. remember uh, my uncle who lived on a cattle station had a VCR, you know, with, wow. with, with, a, with a video tape. And uh, this is one of the films he had. So, um, you know, it's the first uh, song that I remember. And it's the scene where they've just successfully robbed a few banks and they go to uh, to Bolivia, sort of uh, via New York and all the rest. And it has that sort of odd black and white tableau. And I remember being a bit obsessed by it when I kid. So I literally watched movies hoping it would come and see it. Fantastic. And here is Burke Backrack now with... That old fun city. You're listening to Chatterbox on Joy 94.9. So, this is something that I touched on when Andrew interviewed me for the show, yeah. and how I came out at 16, and you and I were pretty much thick as thieves for pretty much all of school, yeah. but you came out a bit later. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. <laughs> um, no, I think I uh, took my, 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 uh, my studies and my career a little bit too seriously, yeah. so... Um, I was. I think I was. Um, let me think about this. So I went to medical school when I was 17. I left when I was 23. So it must have been about like 21, 22. Yeah. Which is which is quite late compared to others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I was just too. I was asexual and very uh, studious. Do you, do you do you really think? And I'm sorry because I'm probably going to be a little bit more critical because I was I'd been there. Did you really define yourself as asexual? No, I, I didn't define myself as anything. To be yeah. honest. Um, I, I mean, looking back, it's always very easy to look back retrospectively and uh, think that there were boys that I um, had strong feelings for. Yeah, which yeah. Which at the time I just I didn't interpret it as anything. But now I can retrofit what I think was really going on. Yeah. Um, and I remember just yeah having very kind of strong feelings towards. Uh, you know, boys from the time I was probably 14 or, or younger, I think. Yeah. And now 
quite understand what that was about. But at the time, I was just very anxious and very nervous and very uh, wanting to be a good boy, <laughs> but not in a moral sense, just in terms of an academic one. Yeah. Look. So, so you. So, would it be fair to say that you put your studies ahead of yourself? Uh, yeah, but that's just because. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm in some ways pleased that because my 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 vocation has always been the backbone. to your 21st and um, and that was a night and you drew the poster do you remember oh yeah I did <laughs> so you wanted me to do a caricature of um, Eddie and Pat's from Absolutely yeah. Fabulous that was actually not bad it if was I remember. very good it was very good um, and and I remember uh, a few of your med friends actually had because I was an openly gay man then as I am now um and they were really well is he and isn't he and I was sort of put on the spot and I remember having this sort of dilemma because it was the first time that I probably up until that time if people had asked me about other people's sexuality I was probably a little bit blunt and direct and, and, and but at that time when I got asked about yours I actually realised actually Scott even though I've known you for such a big chunk of my life I had no right of giving my opinion and I and I remember sort of saying well look you know Noel's on his own journey and whatever he works out is what he works out in his own time and really is it any of anyone else's business I was quite defensive because I think I was a little bit upset that I was put on the spot um, oh well it's, it's like an Oscar Wilde thing anything worse than uh, being talked about is not being talked well, about well that's yet. true but we were very young I don't really blame it but um, I think once I started working and I relaxed a bit then I just realised that actually I could pursue things but also you've got to remember this is what 19 it was oh, the early 90s yeah where you know, there wasn't Grindr or the internet you actually had to meet people the old fashioned way I know getting drunk and, at bars yeah and I was only, <laughs> when I was an intern I was working at 100 hours a week some, sometimes yeah um, yeah and uh, and then I, I suppose it was actually quite an important part of me wanting to go to Sydney. So I left Perth after yeah. my first year of working. And then actually it was when I was in Sydney that I thought, oh, I can relax. And then and then I, actually I came back to, uh, to tell my, my, my parents who had split up by this stage. And then also <laughs> tell you, my brother. So I had to come out about 16 times. <laughs> How was I? You were very nice. Yeah. Oh, good, I'm glad. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you probably knew anyway. So. And also my brother's gay as well. So yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of, I, I had a trail, you know, for for me, as it were. How was Alan with that? Did uh, Alan, Alan was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone... Was there any negative? No. So everyone was really supportive when you came out. How fantastic. Yeah, my dad was funny. I still remember... Um, uh, I'd, uh, because I planned to come back to Perth for this very purpose. There's yeah. no way I could shirk out of it. And I remember like, I'd be in the kitchen with my dad, and my dad at that stage was just getting into Asian, Asian cuisine. So he'd cook things. But, Bless Max. Yeah, but he'd always follow the recipe to the absolute letter. <laughs> and I remember he was yes. making some sort of curry and stuff. So we had yeah, this yeah, conversation yeah. in the kitchen, and dad was more um, preoccupied with the menu rather than me. So he was sort of saying, can you pass me that 150 grams of mango? <laughs> and And I was—I think I was going out to meet you. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then um, weirdly, weirdly, Katie 
Katie Lang came on the radio and I was like, this is it. This is the moment. Was it constant craving yes, as well? Yes, yes. Oh. I know. The universe was saying, the universe was throwing me a bone. <laughs> so I was, was like, so then I, I don't know why, but I started to play the pronoun game. I was like, oh, Dad, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy in Sydney. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to meeting someone, you know, and I'm sure when I meet wow. that right person. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dad was so, so preoccupied with the menu and cooking what it was. He just didn't get any hint. And I was like, balls. So, uh, you know, we got in the car and I really, I think he literally dropped me off somewhere. And I said, Dad, I'm gay. I'm happy. See you later. And he was like, that's fine. I'll pick you up. What time are you going to be picked how it should be. That's yeah. how it should and be. And mum, even before I open my mouth, I mean, mum's a, a, a psychic when it comes to their, their sons, I yeah. think. So she, she preempted me and just sort of just like said, it's all good, don't worry. Yeah. So that was very nice. Fantastic. Hey, you're listening to Chatterbox live on location um, with Brett and Noel on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. It's Chatterbox on location. So, Noel, for your coming out song... I don't, and I don't know what this is, by the way. So I'm, I'm a little bit excited. It's actually a bit sad. What is it? <laughs> it's Shakespeare's sister, oh. your history, and actually not for the literal meaning. I yeah. think because I just like them. We, you know, we were um, banana rama groupies. Oh my god, Wow was one of my yeah, favourite. Yeah, my mum bought me Wow from Bali, and uh, it was like the happiest day of my life. Do you remember the <laughs> remix of um, Nathan Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. been gone oh, too long. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you absolutely loving Shakespeare's sister. Mm. You know, um, funny enough, it was the first CD I think I bought, and I, um, I don't know if I got it for a present, but I got one of those CD Walkmans. Yeah, yeah. You know, I showed your mum, and at that point, I wasn't sure that the CD went around. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was like a black magic box. But um, no, <laughs> so I just listened to it continuously because I just yeah, wasn't yeah. clever enough or uh, creative to like buy new music. So it was, it was a soundtrack for my life for quite a while. And there were also the days where, remember, um, not only is the normal size CDs, but all the promo CDs that used to come out, and they were only about quarter of the size. Yeah. And then they just... Oh, God, yes. Remember? And they were all these sort of, like, little throwaway... What happened to those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same time that they were doing all Casingles as I well. I love Casingles. We used to... I don't know. Did you used to make your own covers, or was it just me that did that? Oh, no, because um, we had both... I'm sure I upgraded to a double cassette deck, so you oh, could yeah. play one and record with the other. <laughs> high-tech in 89. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. So here it is now, um, Shakespeare's sister with... Your history. You're listening to Chatterbox on Joy 94.9.
Joy, 94.9. It's Chatterbox on location. So, no, obviously, you, you don't live here anymore. No, yeah. sadly. So, when did you move away? Um, I left uh, Perth at the end of... Uh, end of 98, beginning of 99. Yeah. And then I moved to Sydney for about 15 months, I think it was. And then, for some odd reason, <laughs> I went to Manchester for a year and a half. <laughs> Telling me yeah. within the first few weeks of you moving there to Manchester, because I think we spoke on the phone and we were, we were still writing letters, would you believe? Yeah. And um, you, when people were asked, um, they'd say, Are you Australian? And yeah. you'd say, Yeah. And they'd say, Why are you here? There was this kind of incredulity and, and, sh- and horror that I'd moved there deliberately. You know, not not because you're Australian, because it was like that, that's a whole different world and it's I funny. Think it was and, so queen, queer as folk had just come out. So, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and I do like a bit of telly, like you. And um, so it, it, it had this sort of extra sort of mythical meaning. I was quite keen to to be part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also made some nice friends. I had a really great boss, um, Leslie, who, uh, oh, she was brilliant. She was, she was scary but good. But, you know, Manchester's one of these cities, um, like London. Cardiff went through it as well, um, and uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow did as well, where their nightlife and was a little bit edgy and avant-garde for a period of time. I can't comment. But, like, the, um, the Manchester scene in the 80s with the rave scene... So many of the um, ex-disco DJs in, from Chicago and New York were starting to play in Manchester. So I had this great sort of nightlife. It was also really cheap which, uh, compared to London. So I remember there was uh, a night called Poptastic and it was either Tuesdays or Saturdays. And, um, it, and I remember it, it, I, I could go into town. Yeah. Um, it was, I think it was two or three pounds to get in. Yeah. And then it was a pound a drink. Oh my goodness! I know it was a tiny space where the whole Big night out was, for ten uh, quid. One side, we, one side we played pop tunes. One side we played for yeah. um, I don't know what and stuff. And um, and they just played as loud as each other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you just went from room to room. And I still remember I'd come home with a cab, and I still had change for twenty quid. Wow, that's so cheap for a night out in the UK. I don't think my liver thanked me for that. <laughs> so so tell me about what what were you working at General Hospital? Oh, I was working in, um, it was actually sort of a private hospital, but it wasn't, um, it just took over folk from the NHS when the NHS could afford it, but it was a, a psychiatric hospital that just did lots of, um, uh, I don't know if this means anything to people, but sort of yeah. general adult psychiatry and eating disorders. It was very varied. It was a nice yeah. um, taste of um, different things. Yeah. Did you get to live the life that so many Australians obviously crave when they go to the UK? Of doing all these amazing weekends away in Europe. And, and I, did, I didn't initially. Parts. I didn't initially because when I was in Manchester, I didn't really. Again, because I was working so much, I didn't really get to know that many people. I've got a few um, friends like Kelly that I met there, but and then Leslie. But there wasn't. It wasn't like that actually. And then, yeah. funny enough, I got a bit sick of it, and then I decided I wanted to come back. And actually, um, I was on this, uh, the the Victorian or the Melbourne psychiatry training scheme, at least in principle. Oh. Um, which I had to do this telephone interview at about 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, got on to that. That's handy. Yeah. Got, 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 yeah. And uh, had planned to uh, come back and live in Melbourne, which I'd always wanted to do. Uh, and then... With 
which I, I also yeah, wanted you yeah. to do as well. But, but there was a small complication. On the penultimate weekend in London, I met a young chap called Alberto Pavanello. Yes. <laughs> and my, my, my life took a bit of a nice turn. How long, is it, how long have you and Alberto been I together I think now? about 14 years. Wow. Uh, so you moved down to London? So what happened is I met Alberto and um, he, uh, I was supposed to see a friend called Nari in Glasgow yeah. and for some reason she couldn't come and then I said to Alberto, oh, do you want to come to Glasgow? Yeah. So he came up for the weekend, we didn't see a lot of Glasgow. And then I went back to Australia and I spent about a good month sort of lying in my brother's futon and Coogee yeah. trying to decide what to do and yeah. then I decided to defer my, you know, my, my perfect dream of a Melbourne psychiatry life. I remember saying to my dad, do you think it's crazy to throw away this, uh, this, this dream of a career because I've met this really, really hot Italian guy? And my dad was like, oh, you're young. If it feels right, just do it. Just do it. So, so I put everything on hold, moved back to, moved to London uh, with a plan that if it all went horribly wrong, I'd backpack in South America, but I never got to South America. And, and you know, the thing that I always say, that I'm sorry, that my observations, no, I shouldn't say always, my observations over the years is that we are so lucky to be Australians because if it all goes tits up, you know what the great thing is? You can come back to Australia and we're not war-torn. I mean, putting aside our silly politics, but no one's... Um, we don't have the military taking over Parliament. Our economy is pretty robust. It, it's seen up and down, and there's always different parts of Australia to live in. Just, so, just have to sort out the marriage equality, Australia, please. I know. Look, it's it's. I'm so glad that there is a little bit of light in the end of the tunnel. It's actually the Conservatives have done us so proud because they're coming out and saying, "Well, we don't care if it's a plebiscite. We're still going to vote no." So now the PM has actually got reason to go, okay, let's have a conscious vote. We, I mean, we, we were sounding off about this a day or two ago in a slightly more enumerated state. Um, but I've said to you before, if you're going to be a conservative or a neoliberal and you want the markets to decide any, you know, everything, social justice isn't expensive. Absolutely. So be consistent. You know, Absolutely. So, but, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I would never, ever come back to Australia while, whilst that assists the idea that all my the safeguards of my... some civil part of that person. Yes. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. But the idea that it will dissolve on the... You know, the boundary as I fly into an Australian airport yeah. is intolerable. Absolutely. But, but, I, but I'm optimistic. I think it's going to happen in the next year or two. Absolutely. Hey, you're listening to Chatterbox live on location um, with Brett and Noel on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. We should just say before, before okay. that break, but I'm if, embarrassed if, to if say. we found it a bit distracted, it was because we are at the pool and there's a few yummy daddies here. <laughs> this, the most gorgeous blonde-haired man just went A Viking on. just went for a swim and we, we were distracted. And we were gobsmacked. <laughs> I think if we were Rizzo and Maraschino as in Cherry, this is the time we would have stopped talking, lifted our sunglasses and say, what a hunk. <laughs> oh no, there's another one. Jelly, back to the broadcast. So tell me, you're now, at, we're now in that age of our lives, which we're middle-aged. And um, tell us a few around what really drives you to, to live your life the way you do now. Friends and family, the whole experience. 
experience becomes much more fun. Yeah. Like so again, I would never have thought in a million years that when we, when, well, when you, t- I got in trouble because <laughs> I was talking to you, that would be, you know, sitting here 30 years later and not getting in trouble for talking. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like that long. I mean, I was seeing Adrian, a friend, and talking to Wanda, you know, and you know, these are uh, school friends. But yeah, it feels like no time has passed. Yes, but, but clearly it has. It's funny you should say that because every time that you and I get together, we just pick up the conversation of where we last um, had it. And when you called me a few weeks ago, um, Wanda, our school friend, uh, you and Wanda had a night in London, and it was Saturday morning in Melbourne, and you both called me, and that moment I felt like we did, but in a good way, when we were like 16 or 17, and just laughing, and it was so, it was such a delight, and it's not every friendship can actually have that um, that instant reconnection. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in ageing because I'm an old age psychiatrist, so yeah. typically I don't see I don't see people until they're over 65. Um, you can see this is live. We've just got just got some lifeguards. Move along, please. <laughs> anyway, so what I'm saying is I, I see people from the age of 65 up, and I have quite a number of people in their 80s, 90s, even some people in the 100s. So I'm very interested in people, how we live, how we age. Um, and a lot of people say to me, I'm so surprised when people say this to me, like, oh gosh, you must have a depressing job, because a lot of stuff I do is dementia. Yeah. But actually, it's the reverse. Yeah. I quite like seeing people in the latter stages of life. And, um, you know, I, I fully accept that we don't live forever. Yeah. Um, and it's good to realise that, because then you appreciate life for what it is. Yeah. So, um, I've... Can I ask the old age question? Okay. Age old question, not old age question. <laughs> I'm getting old myself. Um... Do you, given your profession, yeah. um, it, do you have any tips for how people can actually live a better, longer life? Uh, I think that's a really good thing. I always say to my people who have memory problems and dementia, I say to them, listen, the same advice I give to you is what I give to people who don't. So there's a little bit of stuff. I think you've got to be very much living in the moment because I think we always get too preoccupied about what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. We ruminate about what happened before, what didn't happen before. So I think you've got to really enjoy um, life in the moment. That's very important because you don't really know what's around the corner. And equally, activity. And I think that social activity, uh, physical activity, you know, know, getting your mind to work. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you're listening to Chatterbox tonight with um, Brett and Noel, only on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. It's Chatterbox on location. So this is going to now lead into your third track of the evening, which is? Uh, This is uh, uh, a song called Tether by a band called Churches. Right. Now, I don't think you've heard that, have you? No, I haven't heard of this. This is really weird. This is one of these, you know, occasionally, if you're on iTunes or something, it has a sort of free single of the week. Um, And this popped up. I'm not that cheap, by the way. (laughs) I bring my own music. Uh, No, there's been many times that um, I have... I've never called you cheap. And here is now Tether by Churches. You're listening to Chatterbox on Joy, 94.9. Keep believing it's my turn to hide. In a place where we don't have a prayer. There's a tether that's keeping me. 
Joy, 94.9. So, no, this is Andrew's favourite part of the show, where, where it's caught out of the box. Andy, this is for you. Um, where we ask our guests some embarrassing questions about their life. So the first question is, tell us the most embarrassing or worst song in your um, iTunes or music collection. Okay, I don't even know who sings this, but it's an Italian song called Voulez-vous danser? It is French, right. but it's an Italian pop song, um, and the reason I've got that is because when I'm feeling lazy and trying to learn Italian, I just learn it through music, so there's lots of air grabbing when I speak Italian. It's one of these sort of 80s epic ballads, so just, yeah, Volivo Donce, check it out. I think I might have to play a sample of it oh, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, hang on a moment, let me just see... Sorry, yes. Sorry, listeners. Aqua blue. Uh, and 
I, I was interested. I just wasn't interested in clothes at that point in my life, and I was a big hand-me-down kind of person. Right. So I had I don't know if it was green trousers and a blue top or blue trousers and a green top. And the first thing your mum said to me wasn't hello. It was like Noli, blue and green should never be seen. I don't know what fabric it was. I don't know, but I didn't look. I didn't look nice. I was actually going to say. Oh no. Um, it was high school in '88 or '89. Oh, the reversible jacket. And um, oh, it's reversible, Jenny. Um, no, no, no. It was um, Jackie. Sorry. Um, it was your Doctor Who. Oh, I love my Doctor Who um, jumper. Jumper. Yeah. And now it's totally retro, right? Yeah, and really it was, cool. Was at the time. And it was the diamond one of Doctor oh, yeah. Who. And Helen Moore, who went to school with, every time you wish to walk past, she would scream. Remember the um, bad 80s song Doctor Who and yeah, the TARDIS, yeah, right? By the yeah. Gary Glitter, I yeah. think, had something to do with it, God forbid. Um, and she would scream out, Doctor Who! And I just remember you never wore it to school no, that, ever that, again after that. that. <laughs> Joy, 94.9. It's Chatterbox on location. Look, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking time out. And Do I get to choose my last song or do I like that last song? Oh, my God, of course. It's not forgetting. <laughs> what is it take over people? I have control issues. I even, outside, even, even outside the studio. Yeah. So, Noel, final song tonight. Yeah, okay. So, this last song is looking forward rather than back. Um, this is um, an Italian song um, called Ancora 2. Um, I think it was sung by Lucio Battisti, I think. Yes. And this is by, uh, this is the version by Maloko by Rasheen Murphy, who I think is the most coolest. I love Rasheen. So, basically, I want to retire and die in the eternal city. So, that's not very cheery, but it is cheery. No, but it's sort of, it's sort of, like, I think Rome is a city that yeah. you want to live out your days. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So this is uh, looking forward to it. Um, look, what we normally say at the end of the night is um, any final last words before we um, leave? Alberto, ci vediamo presto, ti amo tanto. Oh, beautiful. And um, see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Good night, Australia. <laughs> Tu. Non mi sorprendo, lo sai. Ancora tu. Ma non dovevamo vederci più. E come stai? Domande inutile. Stai come me. Amore mio, hai già mangiato o no? Oh, fammi anch'io, e non soltanto di te. Che bella sei, sembri più giovane. Oh, forse sei solo più simpatica. Oh, non so cosa tu vuoi sapere. Nessun amore, ho solo ripreso a fumare. Se ancora tu. Purtroppo l'ho legato, 
incorregibile ma lasciarti non è possibile no lasciarti non è possibile lasciarti non è possibile no lasciarti non è possibile Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.